Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report. I am your host, Art Mosley, and we continue our preseason conversations with coaches. Today we go back to Fayette County uh, to talk to the head coach of the McIntosh Chiefs, Coach Belknap, uh, joining us today. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing well, Art. I appreciate you having us on this evening. Well, my, the pleasure is all mine. Coach, I want to jump right into it. I know that uh, as we speak, uh, you're finishing with your second day of uh, full padded practice. And it's, if it's been anything in, in Fayette County like it's been in North Georgia up here, it's probably wet down there. Yeah, I feel like I need to be coaching the uh, rowing team out there. It, <laughs> I mean, it rained today like I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, it, it was raining sideways. And what we tried to sell our guys on is that at some point this season we will play in some weather like this and we will come back to this and uh we had we had a good practice there was no lightning uh it was uh not too hot and muggy and uh, it was a good day out there great deal well coach let's let's talk a little bit about you and your history uh where where'd you get we wanted to ask you a couple questions wrapped into this where'd you get your first start uh why did you go into coaching or teaching and and who who has influenced you the most Sure, sure. Great question. My first job was at Stars Mill High School in 1999. Uh, my high school coach, uh, Mike Earwood, um, hired me down there, and I was very fortunate to get the job and very appreciative. Uh, probably the reason I went into coaching, um, he had a lot to do with it, obviously. But even as a young player in high school, uh, I always knew that the game was bigger than the game. And uh, my coaches made that impression on me. Uh, it was more than just the X's and O's and the score on a Friday night. It was being a part of the community. Um, it was serving your community. And I guess I just wanted the opportunity to be able to do the same for the next generation. You know, at some point, Art, everybody plays their last game. And the only way you can uh, – the next best thing to play in is, is coaching it. So that's probably another reason I, I became a coach. But I had several coaches that made uh, – you know, an impact on me. I just, I loved my coaches, period, at the, at the end of the day. Um, before I moved to Cartersville, I played for a gentleman in Forsyth, Georgia, named Dan Pitts. I think a lot of people have heard of him. And uh, Coach Pitts was just the gold standard for consistency. And I uh, just, just fell in love with his demeanor and uh, being a part of his football program. And when I moved to Cartersville, our head coach was Mike Earwood, and who's a great teacher, a great teacher of the game, and uh, just really cared about his players. And um, he just taught taught us the right way to do things, and uh, he had a huge influence on me. And uh, his lifelong friend and, and coaching buddy, uh, defensive coordinator Glenn Griffin, was on that staff, and he equally had a huge role in, in my development and, uh, you know, wanting to become a coach and, and coach like those guys did. And another coach on uh, Coach Earwood's staff, who was also our head baseball coach at Cartersville, Coach Jeff Hogan. I still get to uh, see him from time to time. I believe he's retired now. He uh, he taught, he coached football, baseball, became a principal up in the Cartersville area at one of the middle schools. And uh, he was a guy that just always treated people fairly. He, d- he didn't treat people equally. He treated them fairly, and I learned that from him. And uh, he had a huge impact on me wanting to become a coach, too. And uh, I just love those guys to death. I'd do anything in the world for them. Well, Coach, uh, not the first time we have heard the name Coach Mike Earwood uh, on our on our podcast. So know that uh, he has had not only a tremendous amount of impact on you, but several other coaches around the state. Sure. Um, coach, 
let's talk about your team a little bit. How, how are the off-season workouts going, and what's the most important part of, of summer workouts uh, in terms of your team development? Sure. Well, our off-season workouts have, have gone really well. I think uh, everybody's you know pretty pretty standard what they do. The off-season starts uh, as soon as you get back from Christmas break, and, and you're hitting the weights pretty mm-hmm. hard and doing a little conditioning and speed work and plyometrics, and uh, we had a good off-season. As far as uh, what's the most important part of the summer, I feel like the summer may be the most important part of the season now with all the new heat regulations and, um, uh, you know, the regulations with two-a-days. You know, we used to be able to practice three times a day. Now the most you could do is twice in a day, um, but you got you can't do it two days in a row. And with school starting as early as it does, it's, it's hard to even squeeze in the two-a-days so we pretty much practice all summer. Uh, you know, we, we lift, we condition, and then we go run uh, an abbreviated football practice. Uh, whereas you used to be able to go to camp for five days and install everything offensively, defensively, and special teams, uh, now you got to be working on it all summer. So the entire summer is pretty critical for the uh, development of our football team and getting us ready to be where we need to be for game one. And on top of that, we play in week zero, so that puts a little more pressure on you to get things done in the summer and be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Coach, we talked about your team's development. What what does it look like for you in terms of the your feeder team, or if you have, or your, or your middle school team that feeds into you? How involved are you at that level? You know, another very critical piece to your program, and uh, we are very involved um, in our middle school and our feeder team. Uh, with our rec league, we offer coaching clinics so we can uh, be on the same page with those guys that coach our rec teams. We have youth camps. Our high school guys are involved in a mentor program, and they buddy up with all the, the little rec kids. Um, we invite them to our practices, and really the same thing for our middle school. We try to be on the same page with them offensively and defensively. And, you know, obviously there's going to be some differences because of the level of football, but we at least want to speak the same language, and uh, we have those coaches over and clinic with them. And, you know, we want them to know that they are the most important pieces uh, to the McIntosh football puzzle because without them, um, you know, there is no program. You have to have a strong feeder, feeder pattern. Great, great uh, information there, Coach. Talking with Coach Lee Belknap, the head coach of the McIntosh Chiefs down in Peachtree City. Coach, what are you looking forward to the most this upcoming season? You know, um, I may look at it a little bit differently, but I think what really motivates me and the thing that I always look forward to the most is trying to get a team to maximize their potential. There's no greater feeling than seeing them, you know, exceed expectations, maximize their potential. Uh, You know, there's only one team at the end of the year that's going to be crowned state champion. So all of us that set that as our goal, uh, most teams are going to be, you know, very disappointed but we want to maximize our potential and uh, get the most out of each each young man, and that's very rewarding. This year, our team motto is to be great at the things that require no talent, and uh, that's uh, that's also something that's very rewarding to see kids do the things that they're capable of doing and doing them the right way. And when you can be great at the things that require no talent, it's an equalizer when you're playing a very talented football team. Absolutely. The attention to detail and the little, the little things right uh, right there. Yes, Coach. sir. Coach, what, what's one of the biggest challenges you you and your staff face coming into this season? 
we feel like uh, our defensive line, uh, we've got to replace four pretty good ones right there. We've got some young guys battling it out in the defensive line. We had a very talented running back last year that has graduated, uh, Bradley Ector, and uh, he was just a super kid and a super football player for us. And uh, right now we don't uh, technically have a starter at that position, so we've got three guys battling it out. So those will probably be, uh, you know, our biggest personnel challenges coming into the season. You know, and, you know, probably like every other football coach, we're just trying to get everybody to pull in the same direction. Uh, we call it prepare and care. At the end of the day, we feel like the two most important things that our kids can do is uh, their preparation and how much they uh, care about each other. And uh, when they prepare well and they care about each other, big things can happen. Very good, Coach. Let's uh, talk about some of the uh, names to get familiar with on offense, Some maybe some of the uh, leaders, the leading returners on offense or defense, uh, some of the guys that may stand out for your team, and also, Coach, within that, some of the players upcoming this season that might be poised for a breakout season uh, that maybe somebody didn't see coming. Sure, sure. I'll start on the offensive side of the ball. We've got senior Ryan Siegel. Um, who will be anchoring our offensive line. Uh, Ryan's a three, maybe even a four-year starter for us, and uh, he's just superb in our offense. We run um, a lot of down blocks and angle blocks, and our guards are pulling, and he's just ideally suited for that. He's a Trojan in the weight room, and he's just a tough kid. I tell a lot of people he's just, uh, you know, he's tougher than woodpecker lips. uh, (laughs) He he doesn't get hurt, and if he is hurt, he's going to play through it. We've got a wing back named Ryan Kate, and uh, he's the epitome of high school football he's you know probably 5'8 160 pounds and uh, he's got a heart as big as anybody in the state of Georgia and he's going to be a weapon for us he's a guy that works as hard as anybody and um, he's very coachable he's super smart and we think he's going to be a recruitable athlete and there's going to be a place for him to play at the next level and uh, then our quarterback and of course uh, like most people it all kind of starts with him and we are extremely blessed with our quarterback. He's a dual-threat guy. His name is Dane Kinneman. He started for us last year. He'd probably rather play linebacker if he had his way, but he's, he's, he's our quarterback. And uh, he had such a good year last year that the uh, United States Air Force Academy has uh, asked him to come play football for them next year, and he has accepted. And uh, Dane's one of those guys, uh, you know, at the end of your career, you just thank the good Lord you got to coach somebody like him in your lifetime. He's a great leader. Uh, nobody's going to outwork him. That means nobody on our team, any of our opponents, anybody in the state. He's just a guy that knows how to commit. And, uh, you know, he's not a selfish guy. He serves everybody else. And uh, one day we'll all sleep well because he'll be uh, serving our country and uh, protecting our country. And I know we'll sleep well at night uh, with him doing that. Defensively, we've got an inside linebacker uh, returning, Ryan Sanders. Ryan, the best thing I could say about him is he just got a nose for the football. He finds a way to get there. He's not the biggest linebacker. He's pretty quick. He works hard. He's a dual-sport guy, plays baseball as well. Got a great personality and just has a ton of fun out there playing. We've also got a corner returning, Calvin Flowers. Very coachable, very smart. Um, again, he's been in our program for four years, been in our middle school program, and uh, he'll play some running back for us as well. I'm excited about Calvin. He just seems to have a knack for uh, making plays, very consistent. He's at practice every day with a great attitude and gives a great effort. 
as far as a couple of guys that uh, you know people won't be as familiar with, we've got a couple of young guys that we're expecting to play. All three of these guys I'm going to talk about are sophomores. We've got a young man named Ben Anderson. He's got two older brothers that have played for us. Uh, ben will probably start on defense for us at outside backer and also get a shot to carry the ball on offense a little bit. Again, another smart kid that's going to do, do well for us. Got a sophomore center, uh, Cal Bowles. We're expecting big things out of him. Another dual sport athlete, a very smart kid. And uh, he'll be the, be the guy snapping the ball, so it'll all start with him. And we got a sophomore on uh, the defensive line named Jalen Green I'm extremely excited about. We think that he could develop into a prospect down the road. Yes, sir, no, sir, kid. And he didn't know anything to do but go full speed. So uh, those three young guys could uh, could be a pleasant surprise for us this year. Very good. Once again, talking with Coach Lee Belknap, the head coach of the McIntosh Chiefs down in Peachtree City. Coach, you talked about those high performers on the field, the guys you, that, that might be able to uh, – to help your team uh, on both sides of the ball. Let's talk about how these players are in the community. Can you tell us some of the high performers in the community and in the classroom on your team? Sure, I sure can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name two guys in particular, and then I'm going to throw, as we say around here, everybody wear, that wears a green green helmet uh, in this equation as well. Uh, our quarterback, Dane Kenneman, he gives so much uh, time of himself mentoring young kids working with young quarterbacks. He's, he's kind of a local celebrity in Peachtree City with his verbal commit to the Air Force Academy. And uh, we have parents all the time, you know, call and ask, hey, Coach, could Dane work with my kid for an hour? And he's more than happy to do so and give back. And, you know, people have done that for him over the years. And I'm very proud of him for, for doing that. And uh, also Ryan Kate, uh, he does the same thing with young guys. They volunteer at our youth camps and have just done a, a really good job of, of uh, reaching back uh, to the community and helping out these young kids. Every year our football team uh, um, commits to and participates in a a giving back project. You know, everybody's heard of a quarterback and a running back. We call this the give back. And I was extremely proud of our team this year. We partnered with the Ronnie Thames Foundation, and uh, Mr. Thames is a McIntosh graduate, and a company called FireAid. Uh, they partner together along with the uh, fire department, and they go to neighborhoods and check fire uh, fire alarms, fire detectors, smoke detectors, and number one, see if they're working. If they're not working, they fix them. It may just be a battery. And uh, these neighborhoods that they visit, they leave them with a home-sized fire extinguisher. So our guys were able to partner with that organization this summer and uh, go canvas an entire neighborhood of over 100 homes and checked uh, all the smoke detectors, uh, put in batteries when needed. If somebody didn't have a smoke detector, we installed one. And also, again, left a fire extinguisher at each home. And I think it was just awesome that our kids gave of their time to do that. And more, more importantly, who knows what that might mean down the road if there is a home fire in, in this neighborhood. And uh, I think our kids realize um, the importance of what they did, and again, uh, they were being great at the things that required no talent in serving their community. What a great example, Coach. It's always nice to hear, uh, uh, refreshing to hear uh, how young men are giving back. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this in a, a, a previous, po- previous podcast. I know a lot of times when I w- if I can look back to my 15, 16, 17-year-old self, I was, I was me first a lot of the time, so 
excellent to hear back about the, your players giving back to the community. Uh, Coach, let's let's turn our attention maybe to your fans or the community uh, down there in McIntosh. I know that uh, for you, I'm sure the next the, the most important game is the next game on the calendar. But are there any rob- right. <laughs> are there any rivalry games in the community that 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 are, that are big down there? You know, um, our community, and and I believe this too. Uh, our biggest rival is going to be Stars Mill High School. And, and I tell our kids all the time, they don't know how lucky they are to have a rival because there are some high schools that aren't as fortunate as we are to have a true rival. And uh, it's really rivalries in, in all sports, and uh, it's called the Battle of the Bubble. And uh, last year, although we did not come out on top in this game, it was one of the greatest games in, in, this, in the history of this rivalry. It was at, at our place, and it came down to a last-second field goal and uh, we almost got it through there, but we didn't. But it was standing room only at our stadium. People are still talking about the game. Every young man shook hands with the opponent after the game. Uh, they all know each other. And uh, it, it's really what high school football is all about. It, it unites two communities and makes them one community. And uh, we're, we're real fortunate to have that. But that's definitely our biggest rivalry game. As far as me circling one on the calendar, Whoever our first region opponent is, they got to circle around them because they're the first uh, game that's the counter towards the postseason. So that's uh, that's coach speak. But if you ask the kids, they're going to tell you the battle of the bubbles, the biggest game of the year. Fair, fair enough. And just uh, for for those listening, that first game circle for you, that first region game is on September twentieth against Riverdale. Yes, sir. Uh, That'll be a big one for us. They got uh, more talent than any team ought to be allowed to have. But uh, we're going to roll in the Southern Crescent Stadium and give it our best shot. <laughs> Very good. Coach, what's, what's been your greatest memory uh, over the years as a coach? Well, I tell you, you know, a lot of people ask you this question, and I've, I've thought about it. And, you know, there's a lot of, lot of big games I could think of and last-second victories and last-second heartbreaks. But a few years ago, I'm going to rewind all the way back to 2013. We felt like we had a good team coming into the season. And uh, we were on the bus coming back from a, from a big win over over a high school close by here. And uh, we were feeling pretty good. They were a good team. That team ended up going to the quarterfinals that year. And the Darius Rucker song, Wagon Wheel, came on the radio on, on the school bus. And uh, I had a kid sitting behind me. He's now an educator in our school system named Ryan Frisch. Well, Ryan starts singing the lyrics to the song, and I think everybody can sing along to it. I really don't know what the lyrics mean. I, we were probably singing something we shouldn't have, but, <laughs> you no. Know, he starts singing it, and then another kid starts singing it. And I look over at my offensive coordinator, Brad Campbell, who's been doing this for about 35 years, and he's old school, old school tough guy. The kids love him to death. Well, Coach Campbell starts singing it. And then I start singing, and then the school bus driver starts singing, and everybody's just singing as loud as they can. It's just the worst tones you've ever heard. But uh, I just kind of felt like that night, you know, that team just really gelled and came together. They were already tight, and they got even tighter that night, and we went on to have the best season in school history. And that's just a great memory thinking about teenage boys putting in the time, playing for each other, playing for their community, and enjoying a hard-fought victory on the way home. And I'll always remember that. Very good, Coach. That's a great memory. Got a few more questions for you, Coach, and we're going to let you get out of here. Uh, if you weren't coaching or teaching, what, what career would you have chosen? 
Well, I've thought about that before, too, like all coaches have. I tell you, as much as I eat at Chick-fil-A, I'd, I'd probably want to be a Chick-fil-A guy. And uh, <laughs> we've, we've got a lot of Chick-fil-A in our community and Chick-fil-A people. And I love what they say. They're not in the chicken sandwich business. They're in the people business. Mm. And I feel like as a teacher and a coach, we're in the people business as well. So I'd at least be qualified to go sit, sell chicken sandwiches and talk to people and uh, continue to be in the people business. But I think I'd probably like a shot at that if I weren't coaching. Fair enough. Once again, talking to Coach Lee Belknap, the head coach of the McIntosh Chiefs down in Peachtree City. Coach, what do you want your legacy to be when you're, when you're finished coaching? Yes, sir. You know, uh, every high school has traditions. And, um, you know, sometimes when you think of traditions, you, you think of, you know, ringing the bell or, you know, carrying an axe out on the field or whatever. We have a tradition that uh, we start – when we start football practice, you know, we go through our warm-ups and – you know, get loosened up, and then I'll blow the whistle and uh, say all up, and we call it the we will tradition. And our kids will come in, and they'll clap it up, and we're just trying to get them excited, uh, you know, for for the day's practice. And, you know, sometimes it's hot out there, so mm-hmm. we're trying to generate a little energy and passion. And uh, one of the seniors will say, we will. And uh, the team will say, we will have the best practice ever. And then he'll say, we will again. And the team will say, we will have fun. And then he'll say, we will one more time. And the team will say, to glorify God in all that we do. Mm. And I think that, uh, you know, if I had to have a legacy, I'd want it to be that uh, we prepared as well as we could, just like the we will breakdown goes. We had fun, and most importantly, that we glorified God in all that we did. Amen. Uh, well said, Coach. Um one last question, and I, and I hate to end on that, uh, on this after that, <laughs> that great we will uh, uh, tradition you all have. But I'm a big food guy. If I'm headed down to, to Peachtree City to watch you all uh, uh, play, take on um, uh, Griffin or, or Whitewater later in the season, where's the best place to get a pregame meal? Oh, I tell you where you got to go. All right. We've got a Beefo Brady's that's uh, five minutes from from our high school. We had a quarterback a few years ago that could almost throw the ball and hit it. It's that close to us. <laughs> and uh, they got a great hamburger, and uh, they got great wings over there. And uh, Mr. Sonny Ishmael, he's a big supporter of our program. His, his son played for us a few years ago. And uh, you got to go to Beefo Brady's. Very good. So if you all are down in Peachtree City checking out a McIntosh Chief game, make sure you stop by Beef O'Brady's. Coach Belknap, it has been my pleasure to speak with you this evening. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, and we do wish you the best of luck in the 2018 season. Thank you, Art. We appreciate you letting us uh, promote our program. My pleasure. Once again, thanks to Coach Lee Belknap, the head coach of the McIntosh Chiefs down in Peachtree City, Georgia. Please remember to visit our sponsor, Yorganize It. Yorganize It helps people create order wherever it is lacking in their lives. From simple closet solutions, playroom overhauls, or whole house makeovers, Yorganize It has a customized solution for you. You can find them on the web at yorganizeit.com. That's Y-O-U-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-I-T.com. Yorganize It. Your space, your time, your life. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report and our conversations with coaches. That's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, you can find us on the web at turdferguson.com. That's T-U-R-D, 
F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N dot com or on Twitter at Turd Ferguson RPT. T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N-R-P-T. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you comment in our comment section or leave us a message on Twitter. Make it a great day, everybody. Bye.